that the reason there's trouble and there's a reason where there's a storm because I'm running away from God and I, I'm not doing God's will in my life. Let's look at our text tonight in Jonah chapter number 1. The Bible says in verse number 1, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and, and uh, cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship. He lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, so it so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, I will want to his fellow, come, let us cast lots, and that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. And uh, skip down, if you would, please, to verse number 10. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What? Shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And said unto them, Take me up and cast me into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. And uh, look down again to verse number 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. And let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in this church tonight. We also appreciate uh, the privilege of being able to preach tonight. Thank you, Lord, for uh, Brother White and, and, Lord, his ministry and his family. And I pray that you continue to bless this place, Lord, and um, such a needy place for the gospel. And thank you that uh, uh, you're using him in this church to, re to reach out into this community. And again, tonight, I pray that you please just speak to our hearts now and, and just uh, some simple thoughts, Lord, uh, about the life of Jonah, that uh, you may be calling somebody tonight, uh, but Lord, they're hesitating, just, just like Jonah, they disobeyed. And, and Lord, I pray you speak to that one. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the book of Jonah, perhaps, is one of the fascinating books in the Bible. And uh, there's not a short... A shortage of people trying to kind of analyze that book and trying to see how valid it is and, and try to and scientifically prove that a man can be swallowed by a big fish. And if, if you uh, have been in the church for some time, spent some time in Sunday school perhaps, or spent some time in vacation Bible school, you've heard the story of Jonah, the man on the run, and ended up in the fish's belly. But you know, the story of Jonah is more than just a big fish story. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from, uh, from his life. And, and 
you know, it, it is really a story about God's love for the lost. Uh, and we'll find out about that momentarily. And it's, God, it's a story about God's love and, and also his, his way of reaching out to them using human instrumentality. And, but tonight we'll focus on the man Jonah. Uh, and Jonah here has been called by God. And the, the, as we look at this text and as we read, we, we find out that there was a storm that was raging. It must have been quite the storm because we know that these men that were taken, that, that were in the ship and running the ship, we know that that's what they did professionally. They perhaps have uh, been there for years and, and uh, weathered some storms. And, but there was something extraordinary about the storm in that uh, they, were, they feared. And the first thing they did was cry out to their own God. And, and uh, they, they, obviously they were from a pagan uh, background and they were crying out to their own gods what they thought they, uh, they, 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 they were in so much desperation that they were calling out to their own God. And not only that, they kind of tossed everything out of the ship. The ship was going to be breaking. And so they were trying to lighten the ship. It didn't care how valuable it was and, and what kind of cargo they were carrying. All they cared about was surviving that tremendous storm. And we also see that in our, as we read this text, that there, in the midst of that storm, there was Jonah. And Jonah was at the side of the ship, fast asleep. In the midst of all of that, uh, I was trying to think, was, was Jonah not aware that the ship was about to break? And, and uh, I don't know what the, ship, uh, the size of the ship was, but, and I've never been to, uh, in, a, in a boat where there's a, a, a storm. So I don't know what it's like, but I know that this type of storm, he knew something was going on, and yet he was found uh, sleeping. And um, in verse number 12 in our text, it says, And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be come unto you. For I know for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Jonah is basically telling us tonight, that this man, he, he's saying that the reason there's trouble and there's a reason where there's a storm because I'm running away from God. And I, I'm not doing God's will in, in my life. I believe Jonah was well aware uh, because he said, because of my disobedience, basically, the storm was here. And you know, as we look at the situation here, I believe we can parallel it to uh, what's going on in our world today. Really, our world today is experiencing some storms. Somebody you know experiencing, experiencing some storms. Some of them have been shipwrecked, and some of them are, are kind of putting the pieces together in their marriage. Or perhaps somebody that you know that, that uh, they're, they're looking for some meaning in their life. And there's no doubt that in our world today, there's a lot of people that are caught up in a storm, and they're reaching out and trying to find out some sort of meaning in life. And, but we have the answer. And, but many times we, and, and sometimes we give Jonah a hard time, but sometimes we find ourselves in that position, don't we? And we, we try to kind of, uh, we know the problem is there. We know that the solution is giving them the gospel. And yet, many times while there's storm outside this door, we are kind of just lulled into sleep tonight. And so as we look at Jonah's life today, I believe, uh, there's some lessons that we can learn today. Number one, we see Jonah's calling in verse number two. The Bible says in verse number two, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness is come up before me. Number one, we see a call to pursue. He was told to arise. That word arise just basically means to ascend or to mount to go. Basically, God was saying, Jonah, I want you to leave where you are. 
and where you're standing or where, where you're spending time. And I want you to go to this place that you've never been to called Nineveh. And I want you, and it says there, that great city. And uh, reading to different uh, uh, commentaries and different uh, Bible re- uh, sources, we know that Nineveh is one of the major cities of the Assyrian Empire. It was a major city. It's great in its population. It was great in it economically. They, uh, they thrived, and yet the city was in so much darkness, and there was so much open sin, and, and Jonah were, had, been called, had been given a call to pursue and to preach to this very pagan world, very anti-God, and uh, something that was, he was not uh, used to. Basically, it was to go to a place outside of his comfort zone. And, uh, and we see that there was a call to pursue, and, and God wants us to, to go and and I believe that you may not be called, think that you're called to the ministry perhaps or become a missionary or a pastor. And by the way, not everybody's called to be a missionary or a pastor. But, I, but uh, make no mistake though, God has a purpose and plan for everyone in this room, for every Christian. God wants us to reach out and God, there's a calling in our lives and, and, uh, and God can use anybody. And, and, and you know, God, everyone wants to be successful in life, Right? And so does God. God wants us to be successful in the things that He has set before us. As many times we count success in, in a different light, and, 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 and this world does have a different definition of, of success. And success really is this, is finding out God's will and then doing it. That's, that's what success is. It's not, uh, as you know, it's not, uh, uh, you know, it's not gaining uh, the, the material things in this world. And... Um, there was a call uh, to pursue. I, I wonder tonight, what are you pursuing in your life tonight? Again, not everyone's called into the ministry, but what are you pursuing? What are you after tonight? What's more important in your life tonight? And, and we see in our text today that, that God puts a premium or he puts a very, uh, very much a very important matter on the souls of lost people. And by the way, that's you and I. That, that was once us. And if you're saved today, today, you know, praise the Lord. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. But there's others out there that needs the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and uh, there was a call to pursue. But there's also, as we see, a call to proclaim. He says, cry against it, for the wickedness is come upon Upon me, and uh, the word cry means to call out. Basically, Jonah uh, had to go there and preach the gospel openly, not just in a private matter. And perhaps there were some moments of that, but but he went. Uh, he he is to go and proclaim the gospel, or to, to tell them about the the uh, about their wickedness and the impending uh, judgment from the God of the Bible, and. Um, and, and the Bible says in Isaiah 58, verse 1, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. And, uh, you know, God has given all, us all different personalities. And I, I'm more like a very shy person. And, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm content to just kind of stand in the corner somewhere and just listen to everybody. Uh, but, but, you know, God gives us the grace to stand up and to proclaim boldly the message that God has given all of us 
to go share with somebody else. And I remember when at a youth camp, when God called me to preach, and I said, Lord, I'm willing to do anything for you, and I'm willing to go anywhere, but uh, please, I don't want to go stand up in front of people and speak. That's just something I did not like, and I was, uh, but God gives the grace. I believe that when, when he calls, he equips, and, and we are to proclaim the, the, the gospel, and, and we see that uh, there was a, uh, the, Jonah had a calling, God, Jonah had a, a, a purpose from God, and, and again, everyone in this place uh, tonight, God has a purpose for your life. It may be to reach your neighbor, maybe to reach uh, your co-worker uh, th- uh, this week with the gospel and, and trying to win people for the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I remember a story of a, uh, 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 of a single missionary lady in, in Papua New Guinea, Eleanor Young. When Eleanor Young, uh, God gave her a successful ministry translating the Bible there in Papua New Guinea. When, when she was on furlough going back, she went back to her the church that she had grown up in. You see, when Eleanor Young was about five or seven years old, she developed uh, a meningi- or a polio, and uh, it cha- completely changed her life. She could no longer walk. She had to wear this, these uh, big braces, and, and uh, she, everywhere she went, she wobbled. And this was back in the days, in, in those big, uh, back in the day when we didn't have much technology, uh, but she was, you know, she, it, it kind of slowed her down, but uh, she kept on going. And uh, she went back, and she still had that brace, and, and she went back to that same church where she surrendered as a missionary. And, and when she went back, there was only one person left that was present that night that she surrendered to go to the mission field. And it was, it was the night, was, and she, that person that talked to her said, I, I must apologize to you. Because I remember the night that you surrendered to, to, the, to, to the ministry, the, the, the night that you surrendered to missions. And, uh, and I thought that you could never do it because of your condition. That night they had a guest missionary speaker from China. And that man with his broken English spoke about the needs in China. And, and I, when he was done, when the invitation was being called, uh, Eleanor Young uh, thought if nobody else was going, I believe God wants me to go. And so she, as she was sitting in the pew uh, at the back and she kind of grabbed her big brace and contraption and put it all together and, and, uh, and everyone was like kind of knew what she was doing and you don't have to look at Eleanor, you can hear her coming because of the, the metallic uh, contraptions that she had. But that little young girl at, nine year, at nine, about seven years old wobbled down the aisle with her brace and kneeled down and gave herself to the mission field. And this man said, I remember that night, and I must apologize to you because I said something to our missionary uh, guest. He said, I, I apologize to him. I said, I'm sorry that tonight I should preach, and the only person that came to the altar was a, a little girl that was crippled and cannot do anything. But that man said something. In his broken English, he said, whom God calls, he uses. And I believe everyone here tonight, God's a calling in your life. And God wants to use us tonight. But notice also here as we look at our text that Jonah's calling. But notice Jonah's course of action in verse 3. We know the story. Uh, Jonah said, no, I'm not going there. Not in so, much wor- so many words. But instead of going to uh, Nineveh, he went to another place from Tarshish. And 
and, um, and, and, and we see that, that Jonah uh, basically refused to go uh, to Nineveh. Uh, instead, he went out on, the, on a different direction, and, and Jonah's really purpose was to get away from the presence of the Lord. And notice in verse number 3, that, that um, phrase, uh, from the presence of the Lord, is, is written twice. Uh, one beginning, and, and once in the beginning, and once at the end, from the presence of, God, of the Lord. And you think, you know, for a man of God like Jonah and, and his experience, he knows that, the, that he can't hide from God. So I, I, as I try to look at this uh, the other night and try to study it out, uh, what, is, what does it mean when he was trying to flee from the presence of God? He knew that he can't get away from God. God is everywhere. Uh, but I believe that Jonah wanted to get away uh, from anything that, has to, that, remind, that would remind him of the calling and, and, uh, and uh, the, to pursue and to proclaim uh, the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, of, of, of the Lord. And, and it, so he, he wanted to flee the presence of God. Basically, anything that had to do, I find that uh, a lot of Christians today that are trying to run away from God's will would rather not talk about it. I would rather do something else and try to kind of distract what they're doing. And we must be careful uh, tonight that, you know, sometimes uh, we must remember that anything short of God's perfect will is disobedience. You know, there's a lot of Christians today that, uh, uh, you know, you could be singing in the choir and be living in disobedience if you're not in the will of God. Uh, you could be doing a lot of different things, serving the Lord, and I'm glad that you are serving the Lord. But remember this, if God wants you doing something else, or if God wants you to serve somewhere else, then you've got to go. And, um, and, and we see that his course of action, he basically did not want to go there. And, uh, and I believe, and as we look at uh, this, and uh, there's a, a number of reasons I believe that, that he didn't want to go. And uh, number one, I think he was intimidated by the place. Remember, uh, Nineveh was something unlike his, uh, any place that he's never ever seen. I remember when we uh, surrendered to go to Sagada. Uh, our, our kids grew up with, with um, epilepsy. Both of our boys have a childhood epilepsy. They had asthma. And my oldest one has Tourette's syndrome. And, um, and they, we, co- we constantly frequented uh, Vancouver, uh, Vancouver Children's Hospital. And that's one of the things that my wife and I struggled with. Because in Sagada, the nearest hospital is six hours away. And, um, but you know, God had to break our heart. And uh, it was a place that, that, we, that was unfamiliar to us, a place that we were putting our children and we need to, I believe we need to have wisdom in that and we need to uh, ask counsel and so on. But God just showed us that, that, that we needed to surrender our kids uh, to him as we, go, as we went to the, um, uh, to the place. And Jonah, I believe, he was in, intimid, intimidated by the place and, and there's just so many things unknown and uncertainty. I remember when God called me to missions and I said, Lord, there's a lot of things. I have a lot of questions, and, and I've got, I, there's a lot of uncertain things. And I find in life, and I've not been, you know, uh, I may look a little bit older, but uh, I, I haven't been in the ministry for so long. I don't count myself as been, someone that's been in the ministry, but, but I know that being in the ministry, I know that when God calls, He just, he just gives you that extra grace. And he, give, he gives you that, 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 uh, 
the special grace from the Lord, and he was intimidated by the place. Uh, secondly, I, I, I think also that he was kind of indifferent towards the people. We find that in chapter number 4, that when people actually repented, uh, uh, he, was not, uh, he, he was not happy about it. And uh, he didn't want that to happen. And, and he was indifferent. And, and you know, I don't want to come to a place in my life that I become indifferent towards the needs of people. And there are so many people today that are just lost and dying. If you think about it, over 7 billion people in our world today. And yet, uh, and yet uh, the population is growing and, and uh, there are less and less missionaries. The Lord Jesus Christ said himself that the laborers, uh, uh, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are, uh, uh, the, the labor, the, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> I, have a, I have a little bit of an itch there. But the laborers are few. The, I don't know the exact uh, statistics, but I do know that there are, le- there are more and more missionaries coming home and not returning. And, and, and uh, there are more missionaries leaving, than, and there are less and less people surrendering to missions. And I thought for, for a little bit, is God not calling anymore? Is he done? Is he, uh, because he told us uh, uh, to pray. Right, that the Lord of the harvest, that He would send for laborers into His harvest. I believe God is still calling. I believe God is still calling. The problem is, many times we're not listening. We'd rather go to Tarshish than go to Nineveh. And I believe in this room tonight, there's a Nineveh waiting for you. It may not be across the ocean. It may not be in some strange land somewhere, but it could be in your neighborhood. It could be in your classroom if you go to school, and, or it could be uh, in, in your workplace. There's somebody there that, for whom God died for and need to hear the, the, uh, uh, the, the message of the gospel. As we look at this, let's look at lastly, Jonah's change of mind in, verse, in chapter 2, really, we don't have time to read that, but chapter 2 really was Jonah's kind of turning point there. And uh, he began to pray. Uh, it was a prayer of repentance, and he he he, he kind of realized, you know, uh, that you know, being in a in a fish belly is not fun, and it's not a place he where he wants to be. And by the way, uh, you will never have happiness like the, the like the ladies ladies uh, uh, sang tonight outside of God's will. You'll never have uh, find peace there. You never find a comfort and true, uh, true uh, peace in your life outside of God's will. So there was a prayer of repentance. He realized that this is not fun. I, I don't want to be here. And that disobeying God has a, a consequence. But it, it was also, we see, a personal renewal. In, ver, in, in the last uh, verse 9 and 10 of chapter 2, we know that he realized that he needed to go back to God. He said, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that, that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake, spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah unto the city and to the dry land. There was some personal renewal. And Jonah, when he prayed and asked God for forgiveness, he said, I... I will offer you my, my sacrifice of thanksgiving and I will perform that what you have want me, what you wanted me to do. 
And lastly, tonight, I, I think this is my favorite part tonight. There was, a pa- there was a patience response from the Lord. And notice this in verse chapter number 3, and I just want to read it real quick. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Aren't you glad God is a God of second chances? Aren't you glad that even though we say, Lord, I want to do this, I want to, I want to pursue this, and Lord, I have plans in my life. But when we repent and... Uh, and, and, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. You know, I believe God can use anyone. And, and, and for, for Jonah, uh, God, God could have, cho- have raised another prophet to, to accomplish this specific task, but he had Jonah. Why? I believe because he loves Jonah. And he loves you and I. And he has a special plan uh, for us. You know, God, Jesus, can use the failure. How many times have we failed? Have failed God. God can use the brokenhearted. God can use the discouraged. And God can use the, bro- the one that has a broken life. If we would just go and go back to God. And as Jonah realized tonight, there was a change of mind. You know, there's a world out there tonight that's caught up in the storm. And we have the answer in our hands. We get to go to Sagada. We have the privilege of seeing people get saved and so on. But you're here tonight. This is your Jerusalem. This is your area. But perhaps tonight there's a young man or a young lady or somebody, maybe even a young family, and God's been working in your heart tonight. But you've been kind of, he said, Lord, I got some plans. I want to just do this first. And I want to, you know, I, I want to accomplish this first. I want to tell you what. If God's tugging in your heart, you got you to gotta go. That's the only way you can uh, have success in life and have peace uh, in uh, your life. And as you, as you consider and as we ponder those things, and yes, we need counsel and we need direction. But remember this, the time is ticking. And the time... Uh, uh, for these precious souls, the harvest, uh, the, the, the Bible says they're already, already unto harvest. All I have to do is go and, and, and reach them, and, uh, and, but the time is limited. The Bible says that uh, uh, there's a time when no man can work. The hour coming when no man uh, can work. And, and I believe we, God has placed us in this time and generation. This is our time uh, to reach our, our communities uh, with with, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Parents, are you willing to let your children go? Are you willing to let them and say, Mom and Dad, I think God's calling me to Bible college. Are you willing to say, all right, go? Or say, no, 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 no. <laughs> I got plans for you. And, uh, and, and you know, uh, I, 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 know, I remember uh, when, when I first told my parents that God's calling me to the ministry, I thank God for my parents and and they were very supportive, but I know in the back of their minds, they're thinking, but you know, I want you to pursue this and that. And, and, uh, but, you know, again, not everyone's called into the ministry, but I believe this, that, you know, the world has enough uh, doctors. The world has enough engineers. And uh, we need more missionaries. And we need more people that perhaps would even stay here and be uh, such a, uh, the, a support and in encouraging your pastor by serving and reaching others 
uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're, I, we're either going or we're giving or we're praying, right, in missions. And, and, um, but if God calls you tonight, would you be willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to go. Let's all stand and pray. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.